Hey, I'm Ben Silverio. And I'm Sal Cheeks. And I'm Ansel Birch. And it's time, time to party. party. This episode was recorded on November 1st, 2020. I love how bought in you are to the... We don't give medical it's advice. Please, drink your You did it. You did it. Are you doing John Cena because you like he's your nemesis or whatever? He's not my nemesis. He's a perfectly good person. I just but don't like him as a wrestler. It's almost weird to say he's a perfectly good person. Like, you don't know I mean, him. he's not a perfectly good person. Yeah, we, like, we've all seen Total like, Divas. Well, and also, like, you don't know this person. What did you do like, in Total Divas? He's the bad guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he, he played a character. Dan O'Brien is the bad guy. The men are the bad guys in Total Divas. The men are the bad guys. The men are the bad guys, period. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds right. That, that checks out. The men are the bad guys. <laughs> Speaking of, party in people. In response, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, party people, that is what you are here for, hopefully. Uh, welcome to Time to Party, uh, where we talk about time travel movies and bullshit a whole lot. Uh, but we're on our third episode about happy accidents. Woo! Uh, a delightful movie from the year 2000. With Marissa Tomei and Vincent Vince D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. Yeah. Teach was, me some things. Um, oh, yeah. Like what's in a, Tagalog or like as part no, of the podcast? as part of the podcast. Oh, okay. Unless you were talking about like gene dips being manufactured in the Philippines. I mean, I could have totally expanded on that. And I thought about it. Uh, yeah, party, what, is your, what is your subject? Yeah, party people. This is the edutainment episode where we teach you something. For this month's edutainment, uh associated with happy accidents i almost did a couple things first i almost did phone books then i remembered that we did that we did that yep Mm -hmm. then i almost did dramamine but i did that but i didn't know that (laughs) but i i moved on from dramamine because i found something more interesting i almost did dramamine and then i did do dramamine because i couldn't think of anything else to do really yeah i at one point was like maybe like like digital pho- photography because of the photograph and i was like well that seems like a lot of work i'm not doing that <laughs> no offense it's what would you have picked i uh i would have picked either upc barcodes yeah, mm. about that. or the delta of venus yeah you texted me that after i had already done the research yeah and i was like well i'm not gonna not read the thing that i already did it, it was such a pivotal piece of the plot that i was mm-hmm. like oh man and now i and, you know, my little ner- literature nerd heart just grew three sizes seeing, like, a book be the, the key plot point mm-hmm. at the beginning. You left your book on the bench. Oh. I so you can tell she's I, not, like, a big reader. I put the, uh, I put the your badge on page 54 where you had it. That was extra creepy. That's maybe the creepiest line in the whole book, actually. That whole, whole interaction movie. was a bit creepy. To be fair, she has a... The rea- the right reaction. She's like, at first she's like, oh thanks, and then he like keeps following her, and she's like, what the fuck? And then he lets her move. And in then, after and then she we. moves in. <laughs> and, but then he just follows her around for two more like transitions Look, she is of a space. <laughs> okay, what did you end up doing? What I did end up doing was yellow taxi cabs. Wow. Yeah. You're gonna have so much information, and I have like three lines. I'm oh, very excited for I this. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so there were a couple specific questions that I was interested about when I was looking into yellow taxi cabs because honestly you could probably do a whole term paper about yellow taxi cabs or taxi cabs in general really? like mm. because culturally uh taxi cabs are different how the taxi cab industry is falling apart because of Absolutely. uh disruptive oh that's a technology. whole other thing though, yes. but yeah that's a whole other thing that. that you could totally talk about but I was very interested in a couple things specifically First, 
I wanted to know why taxi cabs are yellow. So you get run over by them less. Easy. That's, next question. Next you. question. That's literally part of the answer. It's gotta be. But double uh, dumbass on you. Double dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> colorful metaphors Uh, but uh, the color yellow came to be associated with taxi cabs uh, by at least the year 1798 what the shit yeah thanks to when they were buggies exactly thanks to this musical from Paris on the horses (laughs) just paint the horses yellow Um, would have been a handsome cab at that point right um yeah that's exactly what it was. Um, when it was like that, and then through the mid-1800s, uh, you know, the, the yellow cabs ended up signifying, like, the, the cheaper offerings of transportation. Mm. But by the time um, John D. Hertz founded the Yellow Cab Company, uh, this was another question that I was very interested in when I was looking at yellow cabs. Where do you think the Yellow Cab Company originated from? Philadelphia. No. <laughs> London? No. I just thought you were going to be like, mm, score one for Philly. No. Or whatever. I thought it was going to be New York, just because like they're yeah. famously associated with New York. Sure. Iowa. Dubuque, Iowa. Dubuque, Iowa is not the right answer, <laughs> but it would be very funny. Uh, the Yellow Cab Company was founded by John D. Hertz in 1907 in Chicago. Oh! And... Score one for the for the Windy City. <laughs> Apparently, um, Hertz is, um, not Hertz, sorry, um, Albert Rockwell, who a year later, um, you know, he was the general manager of uh, the New Departure Manufacturing Company of Bristol, Connecticut. Too long. Way too long. He totally should have cut it. (laughs) But he... um, he went to Europe, saw the yellow cabs, decided to bring something like that to Washington, D.C. Uh, and he went all the way to Europe? He didn't go to Chicago? So there were so. already yellow-colored cabs in Europe. Yeah. And then in Chicago, Hertz was like, yo, that's a great cab name. You know what color I love? Yellow. yellow. Uh, that's I'm going what... to make sure everybody knows the yellow ones are mine. These ones are mine. That's uh, how I call dibs. The interesting thing thing about the yellow color for Rockwell was that it was his wife's favorite color. So he kept it. That's cute. Yellow with uh, red Fringe on highlights. Sort of. Sort of. Okay. Yeah. So yellow with a red fringe was, was Rockwell. Right. Um... But it's interesting because in London... So in England, if they were in Europe, they were yellow first, but then Americans adopted yellow, and then the English were like, we're going black. <laughs> yep. Che- checkers. Well, because it's, it's checker cabs in, in London primarily, yeah. and I wonder if, because you talked about how yellow became the, the like, moniker, or the, the like, ha- hallmark of a cheap cab. I wonder if that's where black cars came yeah, from. Yeah, that's true. If the black cabs were the, like, the good ones, and the Be cheap like- ones were yellow. Oh, if you got the a dumb... good backstory, you can be in a uh, black cab. Yeah, but yeah. if you have a, a cheap backstory, you can only yeah, use like yellow. Sam. Look at the yellow. <laughs> um, <laughs> prior to Rockwell's decision to paint the cabs all yellow, they were red and green. 
in New York. Hideous. Right? There are green cabs now, though. There are still green cabs, but predominantly yellow is the is the color. There. So, so Rockwell being a New York company, mm-hmm. what were they called? It's um, like really long. Oh, right. Yeah. He, it sounded like a manufacturing company, not a cab uh, company. The New the Dispatch. Manufacturing Company of Bristol, Connecticut. In um, New York. In, which <laughs> New operated York in New York. By 1910, uh, the Connecticut Cab Company, uh, which was part of that, was what, the, what they came to be called. But by 1912, it ended up being the Yellow Taxi Cab Company uh, in New York. So it, it, it got shorter. He, he got mm-hmm, with the program. Mm-hmm. Eventually. Brand, Eventually. Branding is a, hard. Took him a while. It is hard. So uh, he went he, he went from long gar- gobbledygook to... Yes. He could have had CCC, but instead he went yellow cab, which is already taken. Interesting. Yeah, it was a, uh, a mishmash of, <laughs> of, of names uh, back then. Um, another interesting bit that i found i'm currently finding no i found this earlier (laughs) i've read all of these things already i'm just going back over them again (laughs) which is what our shallow dive ends up being anyway um do you want to guess where the taxi cabs were manufactured and supplied do i want to guess or would you like me to guess you don't have to guess. Oh, it's good because I could not give a single fuck. Sure. But. Philadelphia. Incorrect. Detroit. Dubuque, Iowa. Philadelphia does cool shit. Dubuque, Un- Iowa. Unlike the Racine, Wisconsin. Oh! I didn't know Racine did things ever. Yes. They were supplied by the Racine Body Company. Nothing against Racine, just didn't know they did stuff. Yeah, look at them doing stuff. I thought they were just like near Milwaukee. <laughs> Nothing out of Dubuque, though. No, no. If only they, uh, if only Brad Anderson had uh, tied in things more. It's no Beloit, but you know. Sure. Uh, finally. finally. In 1912, in New York, the Yellow Taxi Cab Company charged 50 cents per mile. Uh, right. Adjusted for inflation. In 1912. 19- Twelve. That still kind of seems sort of. High, that's a lot. Right? Yeah, that's a shitload. Like that's what I'm saying. Because adjusted for inflation, uh, in 2016, that was twelve dollars and twelve cents per mile. A mile? Jesus. I mean, keep in mind that's 1912. Like cars barely exist. Yeah, that's true. So you have to really pay for the pleasure. You have to be like, I, <laughs> I, I very much want this car. Yes. Also, how did you call a cab in 1912? Like. You, uh, you stick whistle. your leg out and you pull your skirt up, right? Isn't but that, isn't that how but you do? like, is this a motorized cab? Have you established? Yes, in these are motorized cabs. Yeah. So this is a, yes. a motorized car is going to come pick you up in 1912, just like randomly on the road. Do you call ahead? Like, how does this work? Um, I think they just drove around when when people go out drinking. <laughs> maybe yeah i don't know just classic i've never thought about the cab economy in the early 1910s i'd like a cab here at this time (laughs) (laughs) i'm planning on going out drinking tonight and i would (laughs) i'd very much like a car to come get me how does gin joint (laughs) this just in warwick johnson desires a cab he said i do not i've heard that the titanic's going down and i really want to go drink my feelings (laughs) 
victim. Yeah, so... Uh, okay, so that was Cabs. That, that, uh, so, was, that was Cabs. So the overall timeline is... We started, painting 1700s. Hanta- so, yeah. we started painting buggy cabs yellow. Yes, because they uh, could be seen better. Yeah, yeah, be yeah. Less accidents. Okay, so it was for accidents, not for like, hey, there's one over there. Sure. Come get me, wave in the distance. In Europe. Yeah. And then when it got to America, uh, Rockwell was like, oh, my wife loves yellow. Mm-hmm. And Dibs. Okay, interesting. But Chicago was first. Chicago was to first. To use it as a name. Awesome. So Stella, tell what, what, ready to learn about Dramamine? I, I am very ready to learn about Dramamine. So I picked Dramamine because Sam takes Dramamine to deal with his... Uh, drags. Drags. Yeah, what was it like TDE or something? Time display. I don't know, whatever. Temporal displacement something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So his, like, his spells, he took mm-hmm. Dramamine. It's kind of like jet lag. Um, so, uh, the, the discovery of Dramamine, much like a lot of drugs, was accidental. Yeah? Uh, it was in, uh... What was it supposed to be for? Do you know? It was supposed to be for hay fever and uticaria, which I don't know what uticaria is, so Google that, I guess, because I did not. I only looked up things about Dramamine. Um, yeah, so it was, uh, originally called diminhydronate, and it was undergoing evaluation in 1947 as a treatment for hay fever and uticaria, which I assume is some kind of, like, rash. Oh, yeah. It's a skin rash triggered by reaction to food, medicine, or other irritants. Yeah, so... Uh, so it's just it, another antihistamine thing. Yeah, so it is a antihistamine. It was Weird. being um, tested by two scientists, uh, Leslie Gay and Paul Carliner at John Hopkins, um, and they had a bunch of people coming, and there was a woman... Uh, who came in uh, with a case of hives, um, but she was also pregnant, so she had like really bad nausea. Oh. Um, and so she took it, and she was like, "Okay, my hives are like going away. Cool, bye." Um, and she got on the tram, and normally, being pregnant and being on the tram, she would get really, really fucking nauseous. And she was like, "I feel like pretty good on this tram. <laughs> That's crazy. That's cool. What um, year is this? This is 1947. Okay, so the trams are are a, are a deal. That's yeah. a thing. Um. Oh, it was also called Compound 1694. That was the, like, test name okay. for it. Um, yeah, and so she, her hives cleared up, but then she said, oh, I don't feel motion sick um, on the streetcar or whatever. And they were like, huh. Okay, let's just give this drug to other people. <laughs> um, and, like... The test is good enough. Yeah, right. Um, well, and a lot of times, like, so... Spooky. With streetcars and stuff, the thing that I read, I don't know how true this was, uh, is, like, if you... If you got like seasick or not seasick, if you got motion sick on a tram, they would just you just wouldn't take it. You just be like, I guess I'll get you know, I guess I'll just like walk or whatever, mm-hmm. or take a car or whatever. Fuck me, I guess. Yeah, basically, yeah. basically it was just like I guess this you get is in a, a thing yellow cab. Right. I can't do. Um. So nobody was like really testing for it. So this was completely accidental. Um, Which is interesting because cable cars, at the very least, were super common to cause yeah. uh, that sort of shit. Mm-hmm. Um. Because it's. Anyway, the, the, the way that a cable car is pulled it causes motion sickness very commonly. The way Ansel remembers it as a time traveler himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back when I went back to 1893, uh, I remember getting very sick on a cable car. Yeah, I didn't pull that, but there was like some weird thing that was just like, there was like, it was super serendipitous that they figured this out because of some like, like essentially, you know how you're talking about how your doctor would be like, oh, you take Claritin, so you don't need to know. You know, well, yeah, your, who cares your, what the plot? It was what the essentially something is. like that. Like, oh, well, you get motion sick on the streetcar, don't fucking go on it. 
Like, yeah, could you stop? Yeah. <laughs> you could just not. Yeah, you just don't fucking do it. Try walking. Right, exactly. Um, it, like, it was like a problem, but like a, not a problem people were looking for solutions for. So this yeah. was like a very serendipitous thing. Um, so for a wider trial, they gave the drug uh, to uh, 1,376 <gasps> soldiers shipping out to Germany on um, the boats. Um, and they did not tell them that they were experimenting on them. Gotta love the yep. military industrial yeah, complex. So half of them got the little yellow pill and half of them got like a placebo and the people, who, overwhelmingly the people who got the, uh, the Dramamine experienced instant relief and the other ones were like thrown up on the ship or whatever. Interesting. But they were experimented on without them, them knowing, which is shady, but at least it was just Dramamine. I'm sure they had some other shit you know, that they got experimented on. I, I love that as American soldiers in World War II... They were just handed a handful of pills and they, they like, didn't okay. know. Yep, all right. You're taking all of these. And they went, These are your anti-Hitler pills. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, Yes, well, I don't want any Hitlers. Yeah. Uh, and then they officially develop it as a drug for air sickness and sea sickness in like 1952, 1953. Um, and also, um, it is something that has been taken when people go to space, too. So it's for all kinds oh. of so you're saying sickness. that William Shatner probably took a Dramamine when he went up with probably this. probably yeah yeah he's old as fuck if he didn't get motion sick I'd be impressed yeah so that's mostly the facts about uh, Dramamine but I did also find out that um, people take Dramamine recreationally for as like a drug to get fucked up and I actually did not know that because what? in my head I was like why would you take Dramamine but like anything is a drug if you take a lot of it it will be a recreational drug when really? I was considering Dramamine as my entertainment that was the first thing that I found. Yeah. And really? all the different names the for Dramamine. The slang terms are good. The so slang good. terms are, um, include, according to Wikipedia, so this could just be like two, like three fuddy-duddies. I was like, like 75% in drugs. before. I'm 100% right. in now. Uh, the slang terms for Dramamine use is drama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very good. It's better. Dime, dime tabs, uh-huh. DQ, which I assume stands for drama queen. <laughs> <laughs> uh substance d this this oh one this one is fake this one was made by like a 68 year old white like cop d house wow yeah and drums drums okay. abusing dramamine is sometimes referred to as dramatizing oh my god <laughs> or go and dime a dozen wow <laughs> because in order to get a trip uh uh you have to take like a dozen drums take a shitload of it okay <laughs> yeah you have to like for real abuse. I it. feel like I've heard dime tabs. I just didn't realize it was drama. T- I don't drama think it is. I think that's like it is for other like dime tabs feels like something that's told. That like, feels like an ecstasy thing. Yeah, I feel like that's something that's just it. or like a new dime tap problem. Yeah, but product. like the cool mm. one is like drama. Drama. Gonna, or okay. I'm gonna go dramatizing <laughs> and take thirteen. Just, just a handful of drum. Um. Yeah, and you just like space out. I don't. I. Don't, I I don't know what the effect is. It like, doesn't say really what the upside is. Say, no, no. Nothing, assume, nothing moves. You yeah. move your head and everything stays. Yeah. The world travels around you and you stay still. It's a type of time travel. <laughs> um, and then the last thing I found about it, and because I'm not really into this type of music, I'm sure Ben knows, uh, but Modest Mouse produced a song titled Dramamine on their 1996 <sighs> debut album, This is a Long Drive for Somebody with No Thing to Think About. The song uses side effects of the drug, oh, as a metaphor for the deteriorating state of a personal relationship. 
Who's brought that in to make fun of the music that Ben listens to? I don't like Modest Mouse. Oh, all right. I have to listen to it on the drive home. Yeah. I don't know that one. But also this 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 movie sort of about like a relationship. I feel like this movie would have had Modest Mouse on their soundtrack. Yeah. It would have been a few years later. Well, that that debuted in 1996. Right. And this movie is 2000, so... So could have put it on there. Years earlier. Okay. But there's just some fun facts about Dramamine. That is legitimately fascinating. Good work, both. Experimented on a pregnant woman and some soldiers, (laughs) and you can do it recreationally, but you have to take a lot of it. (laughs) It takes a a truly stunning amount of (laughs) Dramamine. Twelve twelve pills is a lot. You could also take the uh, the pharmacy prescribed ones that are like really intense. That's yeah. true. Yeah, can you just buy Dramamine over the counter? I you thought can. you could. Okay. Uh, but they give stronger doses of Dramamine Your prescribed prescriptions. Woo! We did it. His his friend gave him the Dramamine, right? The one that's Jose the Jose, who is the, the first one, the but pharmacist, and kept the... getting more. Oh. It has a psychotropic effect, such as hallucinogens or euphoria. So theoretically, Sam, if if we didn't know that was a real time travel one, and and if we knew more about drugs, we could be like, oh well, he's just dramatizing. He could right. he, he could have been dramatizing spells, the whole time. He's just dramatizing. Yes, I mean, as well as his responses to music, his responses to dogs. He loves polka. He's afraid of dogs. He could just be like really high on dramamine the whole time. That's the point of the movie: is being high on dramamine. <laughs> Uh, we don't recommend, listeners, that you... Uh... We're not doctors. We don't give medical advice. <laughs> Please ingest Dramamine responsibly. <laughs> Do what you want. <laughs> well, uh, party people, we hope you learned something this week. I did. Yeah? I no. enjoy that they... Uh, the, uh, sorry, you were about to land no, this. No, it's fine. But I, I enjoy that they, uh, instead of trying to tell us what music would be good just immediately cut to that sped up version of them just dancing by jumping up and down yes, yeah, uh, with no indication of what music they were listening to. <laughs> they didn't want to pay for the rights. The yeah. polka was 100% free. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. That, was, that was in public domain. I don't think there were any licensed no. songs in this movie. No, no. You like can't a... license a polka. That's, that's a law. <laughs> Definitely a law in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> well, kids, uh, the future isn't what it used to be. Uh, but <laughs> but while you're adjusting to that, you can find us on the internet. I'm at bsilverio20 on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at salt underscore cheeks on Twitter and at salt cheeks on Instagram. I am at indecisionist on Twitter and at the indecisionist on Instagram. Special thanks to April Moralba for our podcast art and to Marlon Longid of Marlon and the Shakes for our amazing theme song. This has been an Indecisionist production. You can join the conversation by using the hashtag time to party. That is time the number two party. As well as hashtag time the number two party. Thank you, Warwick, who is in the room this time. <laughs> <laughs> I just cut and pasted off a list at this point. Yeah, uh, Stella Cheeks, thanks for joining us. And it's an honor to have a, a podcasting mogul like oh yourself God, on up. board. The uh, the P Diddy <laughs> of uh, nerdy podcasts. The P Diddy. Do kids know who P Diddy is anymore? I mean, I'm not sure I know who P Diddy is. If Puff you, Daddy? Yeah, I mean, I know who you mean, but I'm like, like that's not your vibe. He's not really a mogul. We had a long yeah. conversation about Captain Britain. I don't think you're like up on P Diddy. 
I'm actually more up on P. Diddy than I probably seem to be, but still not very. Yes. Just still not very. He, he doesn't seem like a mogul to me. He was. He is. I mean, he yeah. owns he's like a. Producer. a yeah, he, he's a producer, sure. But like, he doesn't. Owns a bunch of like clothes. He's not like the front he of it. He was so famous that he decided to not be in the spotlight anymore to put other people in the spotlight so he could take their money and continue to be secret. Fa- he's secret famous now. It's true. That's, That's fair. That's how famous he is. He's secret famous. That's, that is cool, actually, when you put it yeah. that way. Like I was thinking of someone scheme. who puts their name on the thing. Like who you, you yeah, know he's they're so the famous mogul. he doesn't have to put his name on the thing anymore. Because there was a while where he did, and now he doesn't have to. No, he doesn't it's do true. that. Yeah. I assume. I actually don't know what the fuck he's doing right now. I'm just like a pretty solid like guess based on evidence. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> Ten years ago, that was definitely the case. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Stella, where else can our listeners find your stuff? Um, I have two and a half podcasts. Um, <laughs> there is uh, Extracts <laughs> with me and Aaron, uh, where uh, we talk about... She shares X-Files episodes with me. Uh, if you start from the beginning, you can hear this the slippery slope where I fall deeply in love with Mitch Bludgey. Um, and uh, I introduced her to Star Trek, the original series. Um, and then I also have a podcast called Spooky 30s where we uh, talk about horror films with a new guest each time because I used to not like horror films and now I really do. But we do, if you like the edutainment, boy, come over to Spooky 30s because we do like full on academic research. Can, um, uh, can confirm incredible. Well, truly, truly and the half one is not your demographic still technically exists whenever me and Aaron feel like doing it. Cool. It's not dead. It's just not alive. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's still the name of the network, though, right? Yeah, NYD Production. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And the podcasts are still coming out. They're just like, I got busy with work. So sure. they're like existing. They're coming out slowly. Right. Still coming out. They're coming at you. Eventually. My podcatcher lets me know every time. Right. Uh, very reliable. Extracts very consistent. Spooky thirties super consistent. A wild comes it comes every now and then. Not your demographic. A pleasant surprise. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> well, this has been. I don't know what to say. This is a pleasant surprise. I do this with you. Yeah, I'm fantastic. It's true. It's true. Well, party people, uh, be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. Yeah.